From the Good Shepherd Auditorium near Inwood Hill Park in New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where you meet musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome visual artist Nadima Agard. Nadima Agard, Winyan Luta, Women Holy Red, is a Cherokee, Lakota, Powhatan artist, illustrator, curator, educator, lecturer, storyteller, writer, poet, published author, museum professional, and consultant in repatriation and multicultural Native American arts and cultures. She's earned a BS degree from NYU and an MA in arts and education from Teachers College at Columbia University. Her work spans more than four decades and includes multiple solo exhibitions, group exhibitions, and guest curatorships nationally and internationally. We're going to talk to her about her work and so much more. But first, let me welcome you to Dima to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's so great to see you. Same here. Well, um, we'll get to your personal work, uh, but I wanted to start off with recognizing you for your wonderful curation at Gallery at the Gazebo. Uh, and Bruce's Garden here in Inwood. Amazing work. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners, who perhaps those who don't know about it or where it even is, uh, a little bit about uh, your, your, your exhibition there? Okay. Well, I'm the curator of Gallery in the Gazebo, which is situated in Bruce Reynolds Memorial Garden in Isham Park. Uh, it started about, I started doing this about seven years ago, and it turned out to be uh, interesting because uh, I was having a show myself, and I wanted to highlight that show so that people would come to see the actual work, so I wanted to put up banners and kind of highlight the images that were going to be in the show downtown. And Aaron Scott, who manages the garden, said to me, Nadima, you know, it'd be really nice if you were the curator. <laughs> it was his idea, gallery in the gazebo. So then I continued to be the curator. And uh, around uh, shows that uh, promote the diversity of the humanity, not only of Inwood, but of the arts community, uh, it, I made a point of showing work of people from all over the world. And we're very, you know, we're very uh, blessed to have a very international and multicultural community here in Inwood. So uh, over the years, I've had shows that have also interacted with presentations as a former educator I have given uh, Native American uh, educational programs in the garden in connection with an exhibit of Native American artists and also highlighted a children's book that I wrote called Shane, a phonics book. And uh, then I've also had uh, shows with people of various different backgrounds focusing on uh, uh, people of Asian background, African, Native, and European background, uh, sort of fulfilling the vision of the medicine wheel in our culture. Our medicine wheel has the four sacred colors of humanity. 
and uh, so I focus when I'm, I'm thinking about shows, I'm thinking about how do I represent all these people in a way that's respectful and uh, shows the beauty of each group. And uh, it's not a question of separating people, but it's a question of bringing attention to the community that these people exist. So uh, it's been, for me, a real joy. And this year, I got a grant. So I was actually able to pay the artists and pay for the printing of our, what we have, our paper shows, because this is an outdoor gallery. And I ordered new plexi you know, frames to insert the paper uh, works. So there are devoted people like Barbara Schnorr and, uh, and of course, Aaron Scott that help maintain this gallery. I do the, the curating, but they do the day-to-day -day hanging and, and, this, and taking it down every day. And depending on whether it's going to rain, they won't put it up. Right. So it's a lot of work that's involved in maintaining this show. But they seem to enjoy the fact that we have this exhibit. And uh, so right now we have a woman's show. Uh, previous, we had a male show. And, and on the medicine wheel, we have vertical represents male and horizontal represents female. So all of the uh, male uh, artists made work that was vertical in orientation. Mm -hmm. And all the, the women artists made work that was horizontal in or orientation. So right now we have the, the Mother Earth horizontal axis um, uh, show. I'm, I'm probably not, not getting the title correctly. Well, we're not, we're, we'll make people look it up. And how, and how much longer does that show run till? It's going to run through October 30th. Great. Yeah. Well, this podcast will definitely be out before then, so yeah. it'll give people the opportunity to go experience it. That's, fu that's fantastic. Um, so what do you, uh, we, we mentioned, um, you know, there's uh, international for sure, but um, what do you look for um, when you're creating a show? Because um, there's a lot of artists out here now hearing this are going to want to submit their work to you. Um, I'm looking for quality work. Sure. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm looking for taste. something, something that when people walk into the gazebo, they're going to go, wow, you know, and, uh, cause if it doesn't wow me, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm looking for people's work that represents a diverse community of people, uh, whether they be, uh, uh, I mean, I rep I'm, my shows represent every community possible, LGBTQ, you know, everyone has had an opportunity to show in this gallery in the gazebo. So uh, I, I feel that that's an important thing to re represent people of the community and people of all walks of life. Well. Who better than you to recognize the multicultural diversity in our community? Because um, there are so many talented people that live here. But unlike many transplants, you actually grew up in the neighborhood. Yes, I did. Uh, I, when I was younger, I lived on Dykeman Street, 
And then I left the neighborhood because, you know, I grew up and I wanted to move downtown to the, the, uh, the w Upper West Side. And I got an apartment there and then I wound up moving to the Upper East Side. And to tell you the truth, I moved back uptown because the rents were really getting really high downtown. Now, just to make you realize, this is a long time ago. <laughs> I moved from an apartment. I was paying $200 a month rent. And I moved because they raised the rent to $25. So it would be, oh my God, 200 I can't afford $225 a month. So I moved back to Inwood. And uh, when I was growing up in Inwood, I thought Park Terrace East was just rich people. I mean, we wouldn't even like go there because we would go to Inwood Hill Park and play there. But we were like, oh, that's where the rich people live. Right. Up on the hill. Up on the hill. Yeah. They have trees. Knob tree. I mean, yeah. Knob Hill, whatever, right. you know. Yeah. But I got I looked in the I looked for an apartment and there was something available on Park Terrace East. Yeah. And. I couldn't believe the rent was so low, considering the neighborhood and and what, what what I thought was a really ritzy neighborhood. And I moved into that building in 1973. I was in graduate school. Wow. And you've been there ever since. Next year will be 50 years. That's that I, amazing. That I moved into that building. Boy. I've been in a lot of other places in between that. Yeah. But, because uh, I left New York for seven years, but... Mm -hmm. I, I moved into that building 50 years ago. That's amazing. That's totally amazing. If those walls could talk, right? Yeah, I can tell a lot of stories. <laughs> well, that's a whole separate podcast. We're not going to get into that right now, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we don't, we, don't, we don't want anybody coming after you. Um, well, your shows are very well put together from the work of local artists. And the opening receptions also usually are, I was going to mention, has a, a wonderful potluck uh, that Nadima organizes. And one thing you left out of your bio that I'm going to bring up is that Nadima is an amazing cook. And she always puts out a great spread. Um, and so, listeners, I'm giving you a hint right now. You should go to the openings. So not only you're going to be fed by the art, you're going to be fed by Natima herself. Uh, so you're going to get a double dose of amazing helpings from Nadima. Uh, so when is you're going to tip? Obviously, it's an, so people don't know it's it's a gazebo. It's outdoors. It's in a park. If that's not 100 percent clear, so there is no like December winter show because it's just too much upkeep, as you kind of heard of them taking things up and down, and the, the artists wouldn't get enough representation of being out there. So um, when do you traditionally um, think you're going to be back for your next show in um, in the spring? Uh, uh, and we usually open in April. So, gotcha. you know, it's just basically the garden is open till the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And there are events in the garden, like the winter solstice and stuff like that. But right. um, it, obviously the weather is uh, an, a factor, so we can't do it year round. Um, I do want to mention that we do have a, a collage, in the ceiling of the gazebo that was done by mm -hmm. Howard Better. Sure. And and uh, so it's been holding up, and it's really, everybody loves it. We call it our little Sistine Chapel. 
And if you didn't know Howard Better, just look around the neighborhood and you'll see little cans on strings randomly in the strangest places. But that's actually kind of the beauty of it all at the same time. Yeah. So that's some of Howard's work if you haven't been to the gazebo yet. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we look forward to the up- forthcoming shows. And, uh, and I just want to encourage people to come check it out and also uh, get in touch with Nadima. Um, should you want to submit her your work to her for your for it to be considered for a future show? Um, so let's turn now to your personal work a little bit. Um, so Dima's work is focused on a global agenda from an indigenous perspective and reflects the interconnection of you as a woman, uh, as a mother, indigenous world citizen, Native world Ameri- Native North American, and a, a spiritual being from a cosmic perspective. Um, anyone knows that would recognize when and when there's anything said would recognize that you know i just describe very much who you are <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty much you if you if they didn't know you um which i feel makes your work though but very authentic uh which i appreciate and uh, and it takes a degree of i mean i really feel it takes a degree of vul- vulnerability but also courage uh, to put oneself so forward do you feel so definitely uh you know uh when you make art, it's, it's, it can be dangerous for, for people that might be threatened by what you do. So, uh, for example, uh, I was working on a piece and I was thinking I wanted to do this image and it was a birth image and I wanted to use the sacred herbs and plants that we, we use in the uh, in the piece and I wanted to use tobacco and sage and sweet grass and I had the tobacco and I had the sage and I thought about it and I said I wonder if people would be offended you know some people might be offended because you know of the nature of this work and what the image is but I just feel and it's really sacred that that place where we're born from is a sacred place. And we come from the spirit world to this world. And uh, when we come here, we're not on a spiritual path. We come from a spiritual path to a material path. And then we go back to the spiritual path. So I was working on this piece and I just thought, man, but I didn't have a piece of sweet grass. And I was thinking and contemplating on it. And I said, okay. I said, all right. Uh, let me think about this. And all of a sudden, my doorbell rang. And it was one of my dear friends. I was li- at the time, I was living in Minnesota. And it was one of my dear friends who was a native uh, person from Minnesota. She was Ojibwe. She says, Sister, I have a gift for you. Guess what it was? Sweetgrass. Sweetgrass. So then I knew it was cool. I knew it was okay to do this piece. I got this confirmation from, from the next consciousness, from a higher consciousness that, uh, or the next level, whatever you want to call it, uh, that I, it was okay to do that piece. And, uh, and something else similarly happened to me when I was working on a piece called um, Moonbreast Mothers. It was uh, a piece that uh, had images of breasts coming out of moons. 
and it was representing uh, different moon goddesses of the world. And I wanted to do all three of those goddesses in the same piece. I wanted to represent the moon goddess of, uh, for example, Diana of Ephesus. And what inspired me was that when I was in Rome one summer, I, I came across a, a, a fountain of Diana of Ephesus, and it was many, many breasts, and out of the nipples were coming the water. It was a fountain, you know, it was like really beautiful, but it was, for me, uh, uh, coming from the United States of America, we don't see things like that in the USA, and it was kind of shocking, but wonderful at the same time. And I never forgot it. And then I became acquainted with the moon goddess Hina of Polynesia. And then I became acquainted of, with the moon goddess Koyoshauki of the Mexica, or uh, what people commonly call Aztec. So I started working on the pieces, and I depicted many moons with many breasts to depict Diana because I knew that that was, you know, foremount the very prominent feature. And then the other goddess, Koyoshauki, had 400 brothers who were stars. So I inserted all these rhinestones to represent her 400 brothers who were stars. It's a lot of rhinestones. I know, but, you know, <laughs> it was a suggestion, you know. Gotcha. I was, like, suggesting all her brothers were there. Right. And then I was thinking, what am I going to do about Hina? I don't know how to depict Hina. And that day, there was a Hawaiian film and video festival at NYU. So I said, I'm going to take a break from making this art, and I'm going to go down there. And I went, and I was sitting in the audience waiting for the film. And this Hawaiian woman, who's a PhD at the University of Hawaii, came out and introduced herself and said, uh, right now, we're not going to show a film. We're going to talk about Hina. So I sat there, and then I turned my head to the right and <laughs> left to see if anybody was sitting behind me. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to find out how to represent Hina. Like and she's, she's going to talk to me about Hina. That's amazing. And she says, you know, in the course of the conversation, she, she says that Hina is manifested in coral. So then I went back and finished my piece. That was the sign you needed. Definitely uh, a, a message from the, from the creator, creation, that it was, there, there, you know, it was cool to, to work with these images. It was definitely a confirmation. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, you kind of touched on something, too, that I think it's really important, um, you know, a lot of artists, you, it's like it's like being a musician saying like you know what kind of guitar do you play or what what you know they or you know what what materials do you primarily use and what you touched on in both of your examples there is that you know you're called to use what's required from you and from beyond to complete what you're setting out to honor uh as a composition whatever 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 form it may be it's not something it's not always oil on canvas it's not always you know uh some kind of rawhide leather or something like that it's 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 it changes with the demands of you know 
what's what's being called upon you, right? Yeah. And I have to say that's not unique to me. It's part of a cultural heritage mm-hmm. as a native person. Yeah. And our native people, whether they're Lakota, uh, Cherokee, or uh, Powhatan, we work with uh, many, we're working on many levels when we're creating things. We're not just making art for art's sake, first of all. And um, there's like, that's our heritage that it's not unique to me. I mean, I think we've been doing this kind of thing for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I do these pieces called parflesh uh, images, which are based on the rawhide paintings of women of the Northern Plains, like the Lakota, Crow, Cheyenne. Now those women painted on rawhide, they were the first abstract artists. They didn't use representational art. The men worked with representational art because the men dealt with chronological uh, things that occurred. And that's why history is history because history is chronological. And, and, and the women work with cosmic images. The women work with images that represent eternal time. So um, my work kind of goes into that frame. Uh, I work with images that are cosmic images that have powerful messages from uh, the dimension beyond the physical world. Well. Having presented your work um, at our pop-up gallery, did one thing I appreciate about and your work is that it is very grounded in ceremony, with a nod to the past, with the head towards the stars, uh, in many ways in the spiritual, um, with with but rooted with relevance to our present day too. Though uh, there's a university universality to it, which I think is. Um, why we keep going back into these to these stories uh and whether or not someone has native american roots you don't have to have that to enjoy it or understand it or feel affected by it um yet it is very much like you said from you know thousands of years historical perspective uh involved so um you know it's i think it's great that you take on that responsibility of a cultural keeper through your art well, the artists are the vanguards yeah. of culture. I learned that when I was taking a trajectory very different than my education and training. In 1995, I took a job as the repatriation director for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. And that was about recovering our objects from museums that were cultural patrimony, that were funerary objects, human remains. And I took the job because I wanted to do something for my community that had meaning. And I was, um, the first day on the job, I was taking notes on a computer laptop and all the ancestors, all the descendants of Sitting Bull's family were in this particular room and I was taking notes and I said pinch me yeah here I am and and but as it turned out many of the people that were working in repatriation were artists so that's you know that's good to show you the place of arts and culture in our our society and and who are the keepers 
Yeah. Um, well, being a native of Inwood as well, um, which has its own Native American roots too, I'm curious how the neighborhood's history has influenced your work specifically. Well, it it has influenced my work because it's a historical place and uh, Inwood Hill Park, uh, from what I understand, Henry Hudson docked his boat there and came and met the uh, people that were there. Uh, people come up to me all the time and tell me, you know, Indians used to live in caves over there. I said, yeah, when they were cavemen, yeah. but not <laughs> during the time of Henry Hudson, yeah. you know? Uh, and so I did a piece called Wampa Moons of Change. And in that piece, I interject uh, the symbols that are uh, from the Lenape culture, the original people. And in fact, there's still Lenape people that live here, uh, George Stonefish being one of them. Uh, uh, and, and I want people to know we're not in the past, we're in, in, the, in the present, you know? So I did this piece. It was actually for a show at the Staten Island Museum that was dealing with the 400-year anniversary of the arrival of Henry Hudson in 1609. And the show was in 2009. And I said, okay. And so I did a piece, and I used images that represented the creation story, uh, Grandmother Moon, uh, the wampum, uh, the, the three sisters, the mainstay food, corn beans and squash, uh, and the blue moon. I had a, p a piece that has a beaver superimposed on a blue moon. And, uh, and you've heard that expression once in a blue moon. Mm -hmm. But beaver was a mainstay trade item for the Lenape and the Dutch. And then I had Dutch images of the newcomers that were, you know, the windmill, you know, the, the, the architecture, the, 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 the coin, the Gutenmund. And, uh, and it just so happened that Henry Hudson's boat was called the Half Moon. Yep. And so I didn't realize that when I started the piece. And then when I found that out, I was like, that is so cool because every image was a moon. And moon is the grandmother moon is wisdom. And uh, so the older woman is associated with the moon. And we call her grandmother. And uh, she's pretty slick because she doesn't have to generate light. She just lets, waits for the light to light on her, you know. Mm -hmm. And she has a relationship with her daughters and the earth is one of her daughters, you know, so that's how we see the world. And, uh, and because I have lived in New York City and lived in the prairie in North Dakota, where there's no street lights, where there's no, there's just the highway and the earth and the sky and that everything is, is, is horizontal. I feel imbalanced because I live like in the horizontal world and, and I live in a vertical world and I feel like I have like a sense of 
balance having lived in both worlds and uh i, I and and the fact that i i lived there and i brought it home with me back to new york city you know those those i i it lives within me you know that horizontal world the horizon the prairie it lives within me i was teasing one of my neighbors and i said do you know the state tree for north dakota and he said, no, what? I said, the telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every now and then you see a grove, but uh, it's a beautiful place. And it's a place that uh, I found a very healing place uh, while I was there. And, uh, and so, like I said, I bring that world back with me inside of me and it stays inside of me. And uh, I've also, I have ancestry in the South, so I also relate very much to Southern people as well. And uh, I'm a border crosser. Culturally, in every way, I'm a border crosser. And it's a hard job, but I, I ha I'm on top of it. Oh. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> uh, well, Dima, I really appreciate you being here and taking the time and sharing your curation and also your own work with us. Um, before we say goodbye, where can people go to find out more about your current and forthcoming projects? Okay. They can go on my Facebook page called Red Earth Studio Consulting Productions. It has a lot of exhibits that I've been a curator for and a lot of exhibitions that include my work as an artist and a lot of uh, programs that I uh, have presented is on that. And then I have a website called NadimaAgard.com and that is more archival, but you can find a lot of my previous work on that. Great. Um, listeners, you can find a link to her work in the description of this episode. So we'll make sure that gets out there. Uh, well, thank you again, Nidima, for joining me on this special edition of Inward Artworks On Air. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You bet. Um, so, like I said, thank you for listening to Inward Artworks On Air. It's where you meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in Upper Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really does help us. Many thanks to Church of Good Shepherd here in Inwood for hosting us and to Heightsides.com for local uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation at inwoodartworks.nyc backslash donate or via Venmo. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks to keep up with all we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, pop-up art galleries, and so much more. Uh, and I will say Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York State Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.